Welcome, hunters, to the Hunter's Hub. Uh, today, it's just Haru and myself, and we're going to get into some more Iceborne news and some other Monster Hunter stuff and uh, talk about what we've been playing. So this may be a lighter or even a shorter episode, uh, depending on how much we get through, or it may be longer because we like to talk. So welcome, Haru. How you doing? Oh, you know, I'm just just singing. Just singing, and the, the birds are, are, pre are perching on my laundry. And ch chime in with the bird songs, because the witch is dead, and there's not going to be a, a Kezu in Iceborne. Oh, okay, I was like, I think you're protesting to... Oh, okay, I get I get where you're going with this. <laughs> Alright, um, first of all, thank you, Wolfie, for the music, and thank you for joining us last week. That was awesome. Um, we got... Uh, just a couple things up front as far as like Hunter's Hub goes very soon, uh, either before or after this episode, Event Quest will be going up, which is our magic podcast, which involves me, Darth Tater, and Leo Riser. Um, we're going to be talking about what we are as magic players. And later this month is our return to side quest. So keep an eye out for that. Um, but uh, we'll just sort of get into what we've been doing and um well no we're gonna get into monster interviews first so haru um we got uh three new uh subspecies announced i mostly watched the eric's gaming footage because i'm lazy and they were convenient <laughs> it's very it's very nonchalant they just announced them through a round of previews that went up sort of like they announced yeah. very off. Right. Uh, I assume this was an exclusive event for a lot of YouTubers, though, because um, <clears throat> we've been trying to set up an episode with Eric's, and he was out of the country for a bit, and I'm guessing this is why, and he was NDA'd to say right. that he was leaving. Right, because I got to play the start starting levels of the game, these uh, game journalists. Right, it was like the first couple hours or something like that, so... Yeah, very early into the game, we're going to see three new monsters, which are Nightshade Palumu, uh, Venom Tobikidachi, and Coral Puke Puke. Um, so at the at the top, um, how do you feel about Nightshade Palumu, or or uh, uh, I like to call him Fluffy Emo Mode? It uh, sure is a Palumu that has a sleep element. That's what sure. it is. You know. Um, we don't get a lot of sleep element monsters, though. Uh, well, you know, at least not in base games, I would say. Generations Ultimate uh, has a lot. <laughs> or, or, or a decent amount, because... Well, let me think. Uh, Generations Ultimate has, what, Gravius, Basarius, uh, Nersilla, uh, Plesioth. Uh, there's another sleep element one. I can't remember. But, I mean, that's four monsters right off the top of my head from that series out of the 90-something. Yeah, it seems they so, give sleep to all of the, vol the volcanic sort of brutish wyvern-type things. Right. Yeah, well, sleep is dangerous because you take uh, increased damage on your first hit just like a monster does. So, And it also leaves you open to a hit. So if you're going to be one of those people who do like feline heroics and like one hit kills you and you get sleeped, well... <laughs> your your run might be over. <laughs> but, um, um it's Palumu, they sort of, it, it looks very, it's very strange, because for, like, a fluffy, pink, plushy monster, they painted it this uh, very deep, like, dark black, 
and they gave it this right. sort of iridescent sheen like oil has. Mm. Which is strange, because it has fur, and it's not theoretically wet. Um, and the last detail is that they have... They gave it these sort of, like, faux fo- eyes on either side of its face. Uh, right, like owl eyes. Yeah. Yeah, like those big, like, on peacock feathers. You see the big cir- circular shapes that they're supposed to confuse predators. Yeah, I was thinking, like, a moth more so than anything, but yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't... Are really they supposed to be eyes for peacocks? That's yeah. A lot of animals have uh, have these visual adaptations. You know, funny story. I almost hit a peacock with my car in college. No, no animals were harmed in the making of this podcast. I I didn't. Uh, I was driving to class, and apparently there was a peacock farm, like on the side roads uh, outside of uh, Columbus, Ohio, and like. I was flying down the road because I was late and I lived an hour and a half away and suddenly like a peacock and the the, the big male uh, and the, the, the female like a female came walking across the road and I'm like we that's not natural <laughs> like if it was a turkey I wouldn't have batten an eye but <laughs> it was a peacock <laughs> alright so I've got Ohio do you think uh, Palumu is going to appear in any other maps. <laughs> um, so we know that he will be in the wasteland, the desert, um, just based on the video. Did I can't remember, did he appear in a different map? Uh, no, we haven't seen anything yet. Um, but the other subspecies, uh, Ebeniota Garen and Fulger Anginath, are in every map, seemingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this doesn't seem like a very deserty, particularly subspecies. Uh, I could. S- it, the thing that struck me as odd, I could see it being a desert creature in the night. I could see it being a night exclusive creature, but uh, this footage that Eric Eric's had. Uh, Eric, <laughs> uh, finish the word there. Uh, Eric's had was um, in the some of it was in the desert during the day, so that like, I guess the idea is it's a night animal, uh, but <laughs> but right. hey, if it's still awake during the day when you're fighting it, I guess it's still awake during the day when you're fighting it. Like, I would be surprised if it wasn't in the Coral Highlands because you know that's where Palamus are supposed to be. Uh, maps, there's that whole den designed around it uh and we see we've seen Ebony Odegaran in the Highlands and it also has that very drastic dark coloration Mm -hmm. well I mean let's be honest here like the Rotten Vale and Coral Highlands were the most lacking as far as like different creatures and it was actually you know in comparison to, uh, to some others um some uh very lacking in, in what, what I would say, like a, a diversity. And this isn't just from like a hunting standpoint. It's like what kind of ecosystem, like especially in the, the, the worst offender to me is the, uh, the Rotten Vale, where you have the Giris, the Great Giris, Radovan, and Odogarin. And, like, I get it. Odogarin is a predator that possibly takes down some Radovan and Gyrus, right? And Radaban eats... I don't know what the fuck he eats. Like, 
I well, he, assume... he eats bones, actually. Okay, so he eats... Basically, he's a scavenger of whatever drops down there. Uh, I think he just Ur- eats uh, bones like Urk and eat, eats rocks. Doesn't, like, make real-world sense, but... Right, but but there's an... Whether it makes real-world sense or not, there's an explanation. And What did the Gyro eat? I guess it's the Hornitars that live there? But what do the Hornitars eat? Like... I guess the rot- I don't know. The rot- rotting flesh would make sense too. Like it it's just I don't know. It seemed very sparse. You'd think there would be more life there. There's of course the endemic life or whatever, but like you know what I mean, you think you would see more monsters to fill out the niches and then the there wasn't. It was just those three. And then Val. But that doesn't count cuz most elders appear by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and the story of the Rotten Vale is fueled by the flying wyverns that die and fall from the, the highlands, and the coral highlands is in turn fueled by the, uh, the the updrafts of nutrients from the the decompo- decomposition in the Rotten Vale, and also there's the elders the, the elder migration that uh, brings nutrients to the Vale. Okay. Uh, I could see it going there. Um, did you have, like, we didn't get to see a ton of it. It is sleep, sleep, uh, obviously, sleep whatever element. So we're going to get some new sleep weapons. Uh, did we see the armor that came off of it? Or probably not. Yeah, uh, Eric just did a video of all the armor sets, and it's just a black G-rank, or master rank Balumu set. And I think it has some of the little, uh... Uh, fake eyes on it too. Um, there, there were some new animations. I think it did flipping around in the air, but it's kind of hard to follow, honestly. Mm-hmm. Just Palumu in general. Uh, but I think we have another fun customer in Venom Toby Kadachi, who we saw yes. in the uh, uh, the Horfrost Reach. Mm-hmm. We did. Um, that was that was one of the more surprising one to me, um, mostly because it, it kind of reminds me of it's got that that the really rusted brown look. You know what I mean? Um, with the 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 fur or the spikes or whatever you want to call it on top of them, it's like a mohawk of like this orangish rusty red, and um, it like immediately like just the, just the D and D player popping off in my head but like it reminded me of like a rust monster um <laughs> like uh and a rust monster for those who don't know don't play D, it's literally this this bug looking thing that like it eats rust so it turns metal into rust and eats it and so the cor- <laughs> the coloration there was like oh it's toby rust monster <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> just like based on you know D and D knowledge and stuff, so um, uh, it has a uh, deadly poison, uh, which isn't a very nice thing because <laughs> poison's bad. It's not like terrible, but it's enough to bring like oh okay we're fighting Puke Puke, and if you're at appropriate level you should be bringing antidotes, and. Deadly Poison, which isn't new to the series, but isn't that old either, is pretty freaking rough. Um, did you see this Deadly Poison in action? 
Uh, yeah, it's. I think it's just faster taking poison, isn't it? Yes, but the problem <laughs> problem is, at least in the older games, right? Um, it's ticking fast enough to uh, that it, it simply cannot be ignored. You need to heal it because it will kill you, and it will kill you quickly. And the idea of out healing it with potions is almost a, a zero sum game. Like it's. It's something that uh, goes from, okay, this is an annoyance, I should probably take care of it, to a I must take care of it or I will cart uh, kind of deal. Um, it doesn't sound bad on paper, but in execution, like if you're, because we're talking, like, this is G rank, right? None of these monsters are going to be below G rank, as far as I know. And G rank is already pretty, you know, pretty difficult at times. Uh, or, you know, master rank, I guess I should be saying is is the lingo um <clears throat> so master rank is gonna be tough and so you're already hit by whatever attack that hit the deadly poison with so you're already hurt so you're racing against the clock to not die and then also dodging the monster to not die <laughs> right uh, that's um, why what's interesting about uh Oh, sorry, it's it's Viper, Tobikachi. Yeah, it's Viper. That's right. I knew it was some snake thing. I just couldn't remember the name of it. Look, it doesn't matter. They're just made-up names for these for these pre-existing monsters. They could have called it Purple Tobikachi, and no one would have batted an eye. Uh, just like pr- Purple Gypsorus. But the interesting thing about it <laughs> is uh, that it doesn't inflict deadly poison on every hit. Because only no. its tail and its sort of the furry regions of its body, I believe, have po- and its quills, of course, have poison. Whereas its bite, its mouth attacks, have uh, paralysis. Yeah. Which is where I can yeah. see it getting really uh, poison dangerous because you can, you can be poisoned poison and paralysis, <laughs> and then be un- unable to cure yourself. I must drink, but I cannot move. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that's that's gonna be a a monster that I, I bet will catch some people off guard. Like even you know like veterans and like people who are like straight up speedrunners at times. I bet I bet there's gonna be a couple carts uh, that Viper Toby Kadachi uh, causes for sure. Um, it's a little bit more aggressive, but it, at the end of the day, it is just a Toby Kadachi. Uh, we saw a couple of new right. animations, which is this one where it sort of glides up in the air and then there's this landing attack where it whips its tail around and poisons you. And it has a, mm-hmm. also a spin attack where it sprays out quills in, this, in a similar vein to Nargakuga. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, those quills can be uh, rather hard to dodge, even with adept dodging in Generations Ultimate. So we'll see how that works. Um, um, this monster to me it just, it kind of looks ugly, because it's got the brown fur, and it's got the very uh, the eyes have been changed to this very bright yellow it sort of looks like a like a what, what's the term? like a like a palette tweak for Palum, or for uh, Toby Kadachi they just sort of edit the color values Mm-hmm. But it's probably not that. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, where do you think it's going to end up in the in the new world? Well, we know for sure it's appearing in Horror Frost uh, based off of footage. Um, aside from that, uh, Rotten Vale, a lot of poison stuff there, a lot of that kind of thing. I could see it going there. Um, it's got to be in the ancient forest. I mean, that brown coloration doesn't really blend in anywhere else, and it's you know a Toby Kanachi. I hope it's not. The ancient forest is crowded as it is. <laughs> There's so many monsters there. Like, so many. It's okay, Fortune. Toby Thatchy's already in the ancient forest. Won't add any more. I know, but like, but a subspecies is technically another... Hey, if, I, if it has different crowns, which it probably will, I'm going to count that as another monster. So it's another monster in the forest. It's got like double the number of the next highest map. It's like... It's so full of monsters. Uh, uh, just how about, do we have a reason to believe this won't be in every map? Uh, probably because I don't think any monster hits every map, aside from Devil Joe. And, uh, well, Ebony Odegaran Be- and Fulgur Anginath Be- are. Be- Beetlejuice. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Well... Did, did they say it would be every map specifically? Yeah, that was in the slides at uh, uh, okay. SS... Gamescom. Or, uh, uh, yeah. SDCC. San Diego Comic Con. Yeah. Oh. There's so many things to keep track of. <laughs> so many cons during the summer. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, full, I'm excited. Um, I don't know... I don't think they could shove every monster in every level the, uh, of these subspecies. Like, I don't think that would make sense. Um, yeah, I mean... Honestly, I don't, it, I, I don't think Fulgur makes sense in every map either, but whatever. I, I, Andronath, for me, was one of the least offensive leaps in logic, because it's just a T-Rex. It's not particularly foresty. I'd be surprised... Turkey-saurus Rex. I would be surprised if Topikadashi made it to the uh, Elder's Recess. And just burned all its fur off. I'm like, ah! <laughs> it's like a, it's like a like a rabbit running out of the forest. Get out of here, rat bendy. squirrel! <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh man. I eh, okay. I don't know. I don't. I don't see all three. I don't see these monsters going a lot of different places. Um. But hey, you know, I've been wrong before, and quite often. So, <laughs> so on that note, <laughs> who knows? Why don't we go on to our last uh, new monster, uh, Coral Puke Puke? You know, I was just thinking about this because uh, a Puke Puke in general. You know, I almost swore I would never fight, at least purposely, another Puke Puke, because <laughs> during right. my well during my crown hunting he was the first one that took like an exorbitant amount of hunts like i think he was the one that breached 200 like i had to fight like 232 or was it maybe it was 132 no i'm pretty sure it was in 200s i fought 200 of him before i got uh the gold crown small of him like that was the one i needed <laughs> and it took a long time so, like, I was thinking about this, and they announced Coral Puke Puke. I was like, 
these jerks. They're going to make me fight Puke Puke again. And I don't want to. Because, like, I already did this. <laughs> like, 200 times. Um, but he is very different. Uh, I like his coloration. Um, definitely fits the Coral Highlands is where he was shown off. So it's, uh, it's sort of pink, and then it's sort of got uh, yellow spots on the on the wingtips and the and the head. Right, but he gets a ra- enraged though. His head and the feathers on his head turn red, and they fr- they they uh, well, I mean, normal pig pig this happens too. The the feathers kind of poof out to make him look bigger. Um, it's like a strawberry but, banana smoothie. Yeah, it's a really pretty looking one too. <laughs> um, the uh, the water. I'm glad there was a water element that we saw because. As we know, there's only in world at least there's only one water element monster, and that's Juritatus. So I'm happy to see another water element. Like that makes still two lacking, right? I mean, two. Uh, I was hoping there would be more, but we'll see, right? We we clearly haven't seen everything yet. Um, I mean, even if there's a monster, they could just give acidic lavinous water element weapons for funsies. Right. <laughs> um, I heard a lot of people say that, like, uh, like that, that played this. Uh, Eric's, you know, in the videos and and that kind of stuff. Like, this was a legit hard monster. Like, it was hard to figure out how to dodge the beams and that kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, there's something about a hula hoop. Uh, yeah. So uh, the way that the monster animates is particularly interesting. Because it'll, it has this environmental interaction where it, uh, the sort of fleshy blue uh, coral growths on the floor of uh, the lower areas of the coral highlands, it'll stick its head into that, yeah. and it'll wave its tail around uh, like a fire hydrant and squirt, and squirt like uh, sort of like the sweep that Arch-Tempered Zenojiva does, uh, mm-hmm. sweep this sort of water hyper, uh, fire hose just across the uh, uh, play space. And mm-hmm. and that's that's sort of uh, you gotta essentially Superman dive or just run way far to the side to dodge that. Well, yeah, and that attack I think is particularly what a lot of people had a problem with. Um, it, it's a it's an outward spiral as far as I can tell, right? And it's hard to time, but I bet this is kind of similar to uh, when you're fighting. Durambaros and Durambaros starts up his spin so like closer to him is sort of like a hit zone for the tail um, but as he goes faster the hit zone for the tail gets further out and then it kind of you know stabilizes after a while he's spinning at full speed for a little bit um, I, I see that I could see it being dodgeable essentially by just knowing the positioning of where he started and being like okay this area is safe okay run in you know what I mean like I, I could see for Blade Masters, at least, that being a good option. Uh, right, that's a, that's a different animation where it actually flies up into the air. And right. sort of like those, uh, those those spinning tables with the little stream of paint that draw those like uh, spray spray art with the sort of symmetrical shapes. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it draws no, larger and so larger something... spirals. With its, yeah, uh, that's what water. I was thinking the hula hoop was. Is it actually something different? I might not have seen this. No, yeah, I was just describing the other sort of attacks. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I think, uh, like, they, they, they like to do their ecology stuff. I think one of the cooler things was the uh, drinks water out of the coral. <laughs> kind of like drawing water out of a cacti in the desert. Like, it was just like, not that the Coral Highlands is super dry, but, like, it's an interesting way for it to, to get water, at least. Especially since there's not, like, rushing waterfalls up in that area. Um, I like with these with these subspecies for Nightshade and um, for for Palamu and Puke Puke that they're refocusing on the on the inflatable neck sack and then the inflatable tail, which is kind of what sets these monsters apart from other mm-hmm. uh, bird wyvern, small flying wyvern creatures. Yeah, like it looks really gross when Puke Puke's tail is like pulsing, shooting out water. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, he was he was um he was easy enough even in high rank because he's such a low tier monster that you didn't see that tail fill up with poison as much. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah, it's really rare up, like, if you're actually like actively beating it up. Right, because you're all well, you end up killing him like well before, <laughs> well before he gets like too dangerous a lot of the time. Um, as I can attest, soloing almost 200 alone. <laughs> and, like, I'm sure the other 30 came from playing with other people, but, like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's nice to see, because it, it looked very different, right? Is, is, uh, seeing the Nightshade Palumu, the Viper Tobogodachi, like, they look like, okay, there's definitely a subspecies of this. Um, it didn't feel like they were entirely new. I think uh, I think Nightshade is probably the one that looked the most similar to me. You know, it's aside from the whole sleep sleep element, but like it looks it like they just of... added the the existing sleep cloud effect to its breath weapon. The, the sort of yeah, the sort of dust that it kicks up too you know, when it lands and that kind of stuff. Like uh, most of the actual hard. attacks looked the same. Right, uh, and then Toby got a lot of new moves because he's not jumping up on the trees. He's sort of just jumping around by himself. Um, but there's still the same idea, if that makes sense. Like, it's not... It's just like, okay, he just does, doesn't need a tree to do this move anymore uh, kind of deal. And then, like, Coral Puke Puke seem to be, like, the most, like, divergent from what the original monster is. It, just in my opinion, right? Like, the, but and this is limited because I mostly just saw the the initial Eric's videos on these monsters. Because um, yeah, obviously we're we're not at these events going to these things. We're just as any any consumer on the outside looking in at this point. So right, um, I sort of I don't know. I, I like. I think if they put a pink puke puke in the ancient forest, it would just look out of place. And like, why is it pink now? It's like because it is. But with puke puke, mm-hmm. it's it's nice because it fits the the actual design inspiration for this monster. Originally, it was like yes. a flower, and its head is sort of like a bloom or wilts when Anjanath is uh, nearby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's it. It's uh, and it and the coloration fits the Coral Highlands so well, the sort of like pinks and blues and that kind of stuff. Um, the so uh, those are the three monsters we got confirmed. But as you mentioned in the beginning, we got a deconfirmation 
which was kazoo. Um, so this came from uh, a developer interview in China, which is interesting because for a long time Monster Hunter wasn't in China. And then they got that exclusive PC game, and yeah, it you know, was yada, with A Nine uh, VG, this uh, Chinese right. website. Okay. And um, uh, basically, all he said was that, uh, like, they asked him, "Is this monster in the game?" And of course, they're never going to say if it is on the game. Um, but they just kind of said no plans so far. Yeah, they said like at this for now, uh, it seems probably not. Which. Um, a lot of people have jumped, okay, because we have a cave, and especially in the Horfrost Reach, right? Uh, a lot of people immediately jumped, okay, so now we're getting Jigginox. Uh, but in my opinion, I think that we just sort of not getting a cave wyvern anymore. I don't, I just don't see it happening with uh, just how the caves, uh, now that we've seen them, right, the the, the two betas, I, only, I mean, I only participated in one, but, um, you know, the beta and footage from different monsters and, and that kind of stuff, the caves are pretty fairly lit. And despite, you know, older games, they were fairly lit, and, you know, newer games, since, you know, only one game really had light mechanics, um, which is try. Uh, the 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 odds of having like a cave wyvern to me feel decreased based on the design of the hoarfrost reach where it is sort of more hey this is sort of like inside of a glacier kind of cave deal not the traditional cave that we get uh, uh, in monster hunter which has never been uh, a map of its own really i guess the sunken hollow is the closest thing in fourth generation to straight up just this is a cave environment but even then it was there ended up being there are a lot of caves in monster hunter though there like, are the but rotten veil and the, the sunken hollow like you said are both very right. very spelunky if you would right and they're they're underground for sure but you know like those are more cavernous and you know like the they're not I mean the Rotten Vale specifically you're really far down right but technically there isn't a ceiling the ceiling is the Coral Highlands technically right so <laughs> um uh, well there's ceilings the further you get down into the mid kind of the mid part of the map and sure sure but it's like a winding tunnel down more so than a cave you know what I mean like it's not uh, it's not as cramped as a traditional cave, I would say. Right. It's claustrophobic, claustrophobic, I should say. Um, so, like, in Gen 1, the Monster Hunter games had two caves, right? There was two cave areas, one in the swamps, and there was one in the jungles. And both of them were the only places that Kazoo could pop up. And then second generation, they continued with more caves in jungles. Uh, the just second gen jungle map has a cave, uh, like stuff like that. And uh, and then also the, uh, the the mountain had caves that, and specifically Kazoo lived in those. That's when Kazoo started living in colder regions, because uh, then third gen the caves were in the ice area, and fourth gen yada yada, like as it goes on. Now that fifth gen, we've had caves. Like there are some underground areas uh, in in 
uh, ancient forests. There's cat like some small cave areas in the wastelands. Of course, you know, Rotten Vale is very, very much underground. And yeah, you could consider some of those part cave-like areas, especially uh, Odogarin's Nest, that little side tunnel. Uh, that feels more like a traditional cave. Um, but what we get in Horfrost Reach looks more closer to what we see in the Frozen Seaway. It's like this is just inside of a glacier. You know what I mean? Like it's a hollowed out ice, more so than a cave. Right, uh, but there is that always that area that's um, that people are, have been pointing to uh, that looks more like the Rotten Vale, and it has sort of that... Uh, those different assets, the different aesthetic of being more bloodied and uh, uh, yeah. alive, for lack of a better word. Well, that was, uh, what was that? It was Tigrex's nest, or another monster's nest, essentially. It's, uh, it's Area 8. It's It seems to be, yeah. uh, I think it's uh, Viper Toby Kadachi's nest, and I would I would greatly assume that uh, Ebony Odegaran nests there as well, when it's in the Horfrost Reach. Right. I think, though, that it would be kind of disappointing if that was just like part of this map that they designed uh, just for these subspecies. Because if you think about Monster Hunter World's design, there's no there's no unused uh, area. Every area has uh, has sort of a purpose Something. and like a gameplay gimmick yeah. or a monster that's supposed to go there with a certain behavior. Or it deals with endemic life. Like even the side little areas. Like, hey, there's this little cave area where you know, these bugs live or these, you know, little mammals live or something, right? Yeah, I figure um, those are sort of like the evolution of the secret areas from old games. Right, like the uh, ancient fish in the Rotten Vale, right? The Rotten Vale has this little pool off to the side has a chance of spawning the ancient fish, um, which is, you know, one of the endemic life you need for a trophy in PS4. So, and the the bristly crake riding, riding the moss wire too, right? Uh, which actually could appear in either the Rotten Vale or uh, the uh... no, it's just Rotten Vale. Yeah, it was just Rotten Vale. Is that area of the Rotten Vale or further up near Radaban? Uh, yeah, the ancient fish uh, can spawn in the Elder Recess, and also the bristly crake. Sometimes they ride Gastons, although I've never really seen it in the mm -hmm. recess. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I don't know. I I just I'm not I'm not feeling like they're going to do a cave over. Um, but with if we were going to get one, I would full handedly upon Kazoo's deconfirmation and the fact that we have the pseudo wyvern skeleton and pseudo wyvern we mean things like Tigrex and uh, Nargakuga because they run on their uh four legs <laughs> or use them as use them as four legs instead of wings uh well you know they're sort of dual purpose um Giganux is the pseudo wyvern version of kazoo <laughs> so i think it would be I, if we... really surprising at this point because with uh with potentially five dlc monsters i would be surprised if if they don't add the last pseudo wyvern in there somewhere right um yeah and i i still don't feel like we're gonna get a cave river and i'm just i don't know it's just a gut feeling i have about it and ken like i said earlier i'm wrong all the time it's just my opinion but 
if we were to get a cave reverend i'm i'm definitely seeing jiganox in our future more (laughs) more so than kazoo even if kazoo was not confirmed for now uh who knows we could have both but uh (laughs) but how do you feel about uh kazoo itself uh not not making an appearance uh i don't have problem kazoo itself uh you know i've been playing since game one and he was there in game one and he's always been sort of like the jokey monster because yeah i mean he's very phallic and 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 look and movement uh especially some of those attacks where he stretches and it looks like okay that's a little weird um but he's meant to be sort of creepy and off-putting anyways like if there ever was like an actual like spooky monster and you know just creepy monster in monster hunter it's kazoo like so you're gonna miss it Eh, not really, but (laughs) at the same time, like, it doesn't bother me. No strong feelings, detective. Yeah, no strong, yeah, not strong feelings either way. I will say I love, I like every monster in some way, and the more monsters we have, the better. So maybe leaning towards it would be awesome if we had them, but if we had something else in its place, that's okay too. You know what I mean? Like, the more monsters, the better. I don't care what monsters they are. Just not King Shakalaka, but Capcom already shot me in the face with a stupid Witcher quest with that one. It's okay, you can't fight it in Luster Geralt. So it's not really in the game. Still, fuck that monster. I hate it. It's one. It's a one I hate. The one. <laughs> so, uh, besides white-blooded hatred, what else have you been doing with your time for sure? <laughs> or white hot hatred. Well, white hot hatred. Uh, I've been delving back into Diablo One, um, and playing a free mod called Hell Two. And if anyone is familiar with Diablo, most likely Diablo Three, uh, action RPG, super fast paced, da da da. Now take it a step back to Diablo Two. Okay, action RPG, a little more darker toned. Now take it back to Diablo One almost not action rpg as in it's so slow and walking speed <laughs> like there's like a just a static walking speed all about atmosphere very spooky like uh diablo one like wins hands down as far as like the gothic style and that kind of stuff and very dour mood um but i love the game and i've been playing it since i've had it uh when i was 13 every year like it's just like one of the games I play off and on a lot. Uh, same with you know classic Doom, like I talked about last week. Um, the Hell Two mod takes the difficulty that is Diablo One and makes it harder, and it makes it harder in a different way. Instead of like, um, hey, uh, monsters are tougher, which I mean in some cases yes they are, but they mix up monsters. Uh, so you'll see versions of monsters like, for instance, the succubi, which are uh, demons that only appear in the last three floors of the game. There's only 15 floors in the game. And Hell uh, is actually the last couple floors of the game. Um, they started appearing as early as the catacombs, which is the second like aesthetic area of the game out of the five. <laughs> like, pretty early. Um... Uh, part of the reason why they're so difficult is they're a ranged unit, and ranged units are used sparingly. 
in this in the early Diablo game because uh, the run speed for everything is the same. And I'm not kidding. Like if you're being chased by something, you guys will walk at the same speed forever until you turn around and fight it. Like <laughs> you, there is no getting away um, because everything moves at the same speed uh, except for the projectiles and. Yeah, their ranged units are a lot more tough to deal with in Diablo 1 uh, for melee units. Oh, uh, so uh, do they, like, backstep and kite you? Yes. Yes, and that would take them so hard. Um, uh, They also made it harder because if you're in a fight, you used to be able to, like, hey, town portal, see you suckers, I'm going to go heal up and grab some potions and come back and finish the fight. Um, they lock you out of doing that now. If you are in battle with any monster, and it'll tell you how many monsters you're in battle with, um, you have to kill those monsters before you can save, before you can leave, as in uh, use a town portal, or use like uh, an exit, like a stairs down, stairs up, or to a different area. There is no escaping till you kill or lose those monsters, as in you find a way to stop, make them stop chasing you, by tricking them around a corner and they give up or something. Uh, so it's more difficult in that aspect. Durability will now break your items instead of just like un- making them unusable. They will straight up destroy your items if it gets all the way down. Um, durability is a lot more of an issue in Diablo 1 than it was in any of the other Diablos. And now they made it an even bigger issue. Um, the cool thing is, it's not just for, hey, let's make this just harder. They also added in, like, 16 new classes. Like, it's an insane amount of different classes that all have, like, their own different abilities. They added in a skill tree, which was never there in Diablo 1. That was a Diablo 2 thing. Uh, They added in all sorts of cool features. Um, For instance, um, there used to only be three classes. There was the warrior, the rogue, and the wizard. And pretty simple. It's your fighter guy, your bow chick, and your magic guy. Like, <laughs> like that was it. But now there's like subclasses, and like, uh, for instance, uh, there is a set of warriors called gladiators, and there's like eight different gladiators, and they all specialize in different things, and they, and um, they all have like special armor and special weapons that do special things. And you would think that the loot would be bad, but you only see generic loot and loot that. Uh, deals with your class so I picked it up and I started playing uh, one of the archer classes which is off of the an offshoot of the rogue the original class and I have a, a bow user called a sharpshooter and they have like increased damage with bows uh, and they can see further distances and like all kind of stuff and the way it changed up the game it gave me a free spell uh, which is able to see every monster highlighted in red even around corners when you can't see them so it's been a very different play experience because i used to only play the warrior um very different play experience for diablo and even though it's harder it's been a lot more fun because it changes things up quite a bit Um, so it seems like there's a lot of changes uh in this mod uh Mm -hmm. no change to the run speed though no (laughs) didn't didn't think to do that (laughs) No. Uh, Give players just well, like a point did, one faster. If they did, well, no, no, no. they changed one thing. Uh, the The walk speed in town is increased like sevenfold, uh, just as a quality of life. There's also quality of life improvements. Like it used to be like 
Uh, have you ever played a, a game where you can't like right click to sell something? Like you have to drag it into the other the shop owner's inventory. Yeah, I think there's a couple. That, that's that's Diablo one. That's the way it was. They added shift clicking and that kind of stuff to quickly manage inventory and that kind of thing, and that helps a lot. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's kind of what Hell Two is. Like, there's not. I haven't played everything. Like I said, I'm only playing one class. Uh, I do want to try out some of the other classes, especially the like, I don't know, nine different magic users there are now. Like, there's one that summons minions and that kind of stuff, which is not normal for Diablo 1. Like, Diablo 1 was like, hey, I cast fireballs. <laughs> there wasn't, like, a necromancer kind of deal in Diablo 1. Uh, or, or pet druid, or whatever it is in Diablo 2. Um, so, yeah, uh, I've been playing that. I'm probably going to keep playing it a little bit, because um, that's been kind of like my, hey, I kind of want to watch Netflix and play a game. So... That's what I've been doing uh, when I want to sort of chill out and play something. Although it is hard, it's not, you know, stressful, I would say. Um, like some other games you have to get more involved in. Um, so what about you? What Are you, are you still are you still on that uh, Tales of Vesperia? Oh, don't you know it. This is... It's a lo- it seemed like things were, were coming to a climax, but that was just the end of the second act. I thought they were going to... Uh, oh, so they got you with the twist? Not quite. Like, I could tell that there were some characters that hadn't shown up in a while in this current arc, but uh, I, I was nonetheless pleased with it, because usually games, AAA games, what they do is they have the big, open-ended, like, start of the game, and then once they start tapering towards the end, they rush, 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 get it out the door, ship it, we're done, wash your hands of it. Uh, that's not what uh, Tales of Asperia is doing. Um, I don't know if it's exactly fruitful to just go over plot points about the end of the game, Uh, but I'm finding the story engaging. Um, Sort of, the the structure of the second act of the game had lots of, uh, a lot of mysteries set up, and not, it wasn't answering those very quickly until right near the end, and then even then, some of the answers were tipping over into the third act and spilling. Okay. Uh, sort of, like very much postponing uh, to all the all the things to the climax of the game. Uh, but the third act so far has been a lot more rewarding, uh, and sure. uh, we're, we're getting uh, a, a lot of like lore objects uh, get mentioned. Uh, they get brought up earlier, or almost foreshadowed. Uh, uh, get get explored. There's a bunch. There's a, a few more dungeons, and uh, I guess there's what what you would call ties to the rest of the tale series. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing su- super concrete, but I I just appreciated just how characters that I didn't expect to appear from Vesperia. Uh, made an appearance and uh, sort of threw the plot into different directions. The characters actually talk about it, how there's not a lot of solutions presented for the main conflict of the game, which is essentially sort of uh, analogous to global warming and sort of carbon emissions, the greenhouse effect. It's like uh, that sort of dilemma of our society creates this problem with how we live, but if we stop doing this, we'll be 
we'll have to make changes in our society and we'll have to live differently. Um, and and it, it is sort of hopeless at the start, but then they're sort of pulling answers out of a hat, which is nice. Um, at least it's satisfying for a story. Final, yeah, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Final Fantasy VII in that way. Because you start out as eco-terrorists, and you're kind of still eco-terrorists. But then it becomes more personal. You, you know what I mean? Like, did you ever play Final Fantasy VII? I have not. I'm sure you have. You haven't? All right. Yeah. No, like, that's kind of their deal. It's like, hey, we're killing the planet because we need electricity, and we pull it from the life force that is the planet. Uh, called Mako. So, like, the people that, like, are revolting, like, the the ragtag band that you're part of in Final Fantasy VII is, like, literally, I'm going to destroy the factory because people don't understand we're killing the planet. And it's all sort of convoluted and gets personal and all this kind of stuff. But, yeah, you start out as eco-terrorists. That's kind of how it is. Right. Um, and, yeah, just the new, dun- <laughs> the new dungeons are sort of... Uh flip of a coin, because one was this really pretty, like, subversion on the sort of elemental theme it was going for, uh, and then the next one was literally just, like, a cliff. <laughs> and, like, okay. it looks like, like, very sort of basic, uh, level creation in 3D. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, threw me off it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't lacking in like side paths and like RPG secret items, treasure chests, that kind of thing. But it was just sort of uh, this visually uh, bland. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, it's just kind of amused me because you know how RPGs and a lot of Japanese games tend to have their elemental themes that tick the boxes off mm-hmm. of the, at least of the levels. Like, you know, Fireworld, sure. uh, this, that, and the other thing. I haven't seen a volcano yet, but they did sneak the water level in in a very <laughs> uh, uh, late game. Uh, <laughs> it occurred to me, like, man, they're, just, they're sliding this one under the deadline. It's really taking this to the wire at the, at the end of the second uh-huh. act. Um, yeah, and they had some nice puzzles in that dungeon, too, like raising the water level. Classic video game stuff. Mm. Good old Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Not not quite. I don't know why. Not quite swimming under the water. Not quite that advanced. But uh, I yeah I think people have heard enough about this for for the time being. Uh, yeah, a little side aside there. I don't get why people hate the water temple so much. Just because they screw up the water level some, like what they're supposed to do. I guess like I don't, I don't know. Do. You, I know you were more a fan of uh, Twilight Princess and not so much of Ocarina, but like oh no, I love Ocarina of Time. Much. It's just you know, it's a nice C four game. It's it's not. Well, I'm be not a saying detail. you didn't like it. Just saying that you know, you more so than others don't hold it as as, as uh, ten out of ten like most people do. Like it's their favorite Zelda because it's it's not your favorite Zelda. I mean, all um, all of the <laughs> directed Zeldas are ten out of tens. Let's. Let's not kid okay, ourselves sure. here, Fortran. I mean, I will go on record saying I don't feel that any Zelda's a 10 out of 10, but hey, that's me. That's <laughs> eh, okay, you like Diablo. Yes. And, yeah, but those are not shots. 10 out of 10. Shots, shots, shots. But they're, but they're not 10 out of 10s either, man. Like, Diablo 1, it's a good solid 7. <laughs> like, Diablo 2 is an 8, and probably Diablo 3 is like an 8. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
it's not they're not perfect in any way shape or form uh i don't know i just like I, there's all those memes of like how bad the water temple is in ocarina of time but i even as a kid i didn't have that many problems with it it was just like okay it's annoying sure um i guess it didn't help uh when uh Aaron from Game Grumps was playing it and had like an outer freak out against the clams because he couldn't kill them. <laughs> uh, Have you ever the? I will say about the water temple in Ocarina of Time to take a tangent. Um, the uh, when Princess Rudo sort of leads you into a into a into a back chamber and then sort of disappears. That is a little bit mm-hmm. confusing. Um, sure, misdirecting at least. But I feel like with water levels, a lot of times people just. Uh, sort of throw up their hands and go like I don't get it and like they don't really try as hard to understand the level design as they might with like a terrestrial human level right yeah I get you I just I don't know it's it's always been something that's like personally I, f- I find the uh, if you're talking like an annoying dungeon or ocarina of time I really find inside of Jabba Jabba the most annoying one because all the freaking things you gotta avoid and then carrying Ruto and then like she's like dogging you the whole time and then she's like okay marry me like it's like it was just such a weird <laughs> part of the game <laughs> also marry me um yeah <laughs> right also marry me <laughs> the, the um where, where's that from uh the I don't know the the sort of partner dungeon concept was executed on about executed on upon a lot better in Wind Waker with the Earth and Wind Temple where you get um, the sages tag along, tagging along. Yeah. Yeah, I really like the bird girl. She was uh, fun to deal with because she could help you fly a bit. But then I would still it caused some interesting ch- uh, puzzles. I would still say they don't actually have AI. They just sort of follow you and when you leave them behind mm-hmm. they just stand still and get eaten by monsters and thrown in jail. But mm-hmm. I, I, I liked Uncharted 4 a lot because you could, uh, your characters would just automatically, when you figured out the puzzle, they would manipulate the car when you were away from the car and drive the Jeep yeah. in the way that you need them to. Because there was a lot of puzzle, yes. puzzles with the winch and like wrapping the, the physics of the rope and things. Mm hmm. I, uh, I. That reminds me, you talk about like they go in, in jail. Uh, this is another aside, I would say. Um, out of nowhere, my daughter yesterday was like, hey, daddy, if you're ever in jail, I'll break you out. <laughs> I was like, okay, good to know, girl. You're, you're four, but okay, I'm not going to jail. <laughs> She's just like, hey, I got your back. I'm like, why? <laughs> What do you know that I don't? <laughs> that, one's, that one's got fire in them. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so, so Fortran, been... tell me, how many Kezus have you hunted in Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate? Uh, not a whole lot. Actually, what we've been fighting more is Gravius. Because um, there's a quest that's a Huntathon Gravius. And they just, like, uh, they throw in a, a Mitsune at the same time in the quest. And it's like, oh, we brought water weapons for Gravius, and now Mitsune's kicking our butt. Um, this is cool. Everything's fine. Um, so my brother and I, uh, we have a history of playing Monster Hunter together ever since the PSP titles, because we couldn't, we had to share a PlayStation 1. Um, 
and both of his, both him and I like to full queer full clear all quests. We don't we actually used to never do uh, sort of key quest progression, it was, which is the old version of Monster Hunter quest progression. Instead of a story, which the story quests would be considered key quests uh, to a, to rank up an HR and, and unlock new stars. Um, you have to do key quests. Well, we used to full clear before we moved on. And full clear means, yes, you've also done the key quests. So him and I have been going, uh, for me, going back through uh, Generations Ultimate and full clearing. Um, and we've been, uh, we're all the way, we just got into G4, actually. So we're pretty far into the game at this point. And we've been playing that a lot. And like I said, we fought a bunch of Graviuses lately. Um, there's been a couple kazoo. Uh, I think, uh, it's been kind of, it's been kind of fun. My brother, he adores the prowler feature where you play as the cats instead of playing as a hunter. So he is a prowler main, uh, and uh, a lot of people are like, ah, oh, it's not as good, but Hey, I mean, Gaijin Hunter did it. Gaijin Hunter's main was a prowler. <laughs> so... <laughs> There's some evidence out there to to support Prowler as a decent uh, it, <laughs> hunter option. It's still not as good, even if a content creator likes it. I, and I'm just saying, like it's possible. Not that it's. Yes, it's not as good. Yes, I know this. Do you play Prowler? But it's still I, fun. It kind of boggles my mind why people no. would choose that in Monster Hunter. Well, my brother likes cats. Like, I'm legit, he likes cats a lot. It's, like, his favorite animal. Okay, sure. And <laughs> he likes playing the Prowler because he's been playing Monster Hunter for just as long as I have, right, for the past, what is it now, 15 years that the series has been alive. And he burns out on it a lot quicker than I do. And the way he has fun with it is doing something different, trying the new weapons, trying this kind of thing. But he loves playing as the cats. And... Um, there's advantages to playing as cats. Uh, you don't have to worry about items because you don't use items. So why would you bring any? Because um, you can mine and bug net and all that stuff for free because the cat just has that with it. Um, you don't have to worry about like potions and that kind of thing. Uh, you automatically have psychic, as in you know where the monster is all the time. So you don't have to go looking for it. it just like stuff like that. Um, and it's it's... He doesn't play a lot by himself he mostly just plays with me so him and i've been playing uh we kind of got on a kick of this after playing with some friends recently and we just sort of continued on our own uh sort of finishing out quests so yeah we've been playing that a lot and we're coming close to the end uh the big thing is we just did the urgent to get into g4 which was uh uh blanking on the name valstrax uh jet dragon and yeah it's kind of funny because we play two-player, so two-player has Hunter and your one Palico. Well, since my brother is playing in Prowler mode, it is Prowler and Palico. So it's one greatsword guy and three cats. <laughs> so it's been kind of fun. He calls me the crazy cat lady when we're playing together because it's just me and three cats. And, uh... Great sword against Valstrax sounds uh, painful. That is a uh, not, quick monster. Yeah, it is. Uh, I I play adept style though, right? So I play adept great sword. Not as bad. Uh, I love adept style. I'm sad that you know they didn't have that <laughs> again because 
I like dodging through things really easily. <laughs> um, and it, you know, it sets up for some really cool, like, uh, strong charges is cause that was the way to get the strong charge was do the adept dodge. Uh, so it sets up some interesting things in combat for me. It's kind of why I lent towards the, uh, long sword in monster Hunter world because I like the, the counter mechanic, right? The, the, Hey, I'm going to dodge through your attack or counter your attack and hit you back. Right, you get. Um, I think Greatsword has something like that too. The uh, shoulder check. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they muscle through the attack. They still take the damage, right? And it's only if you mess up the timing for the longsword. Uh, I Foresight always forget slash. it. Foresight slash. <laughs> if you only if you mess up the timer, that you take the damage. You, like you take zero damage. You can. You can foresight out of like Teostra explosions and all that stuff. That's um, so good. That's why it's so good foresighting through like it doesn't work great with the energy of a beam because you usually like swing back into it. But, yeah. But yeah. like foresighting no. through like Valhazak beams, like it's a chef kiss of a gameplay right. moment. Right, and that, that's why I went to the longsword in World because it was like, okay, this is the closest thing I have to adept style, right? This is this is what I got now. So, and I don't know, you can call it a crutch if you like. It's just how I like to play it now. Um, in the future, if I do change weapons, I might go back to hammer. I don't know. I, I do like being able to cut off tails again. Like I, I had a good solid six years where I wasn't cutting off tails in Monster Hunter. <laughs> I might not want to lose that ability. <laughs> so who knows? But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's been a lot of fun playing Generations Ultimate again. Um, I actually do, like I normally I haven't been playing on my own too much just with him, um, but we get to play together a lot, so it's been playing a lot. So mostly on my own is that's when I've been playing uh, Diablo. And, of course, some other stuff, because we still got side quests going on. I do a lot of other things, you know, magic, uh, magic, D&D, all this other stuff. So, all right. Well, uh, do you have anything else to say tonight, Haru? Or you think we could, we're good? Oh, you know, just uh, spay and neuter your pets. <laughs> all right, Bob Barker. <laughs> oh, I miss him. <laughs> um, <laughs> um so uh thank you hunters for joining us tonight uh this is fort one you can catch me at hunters hub pod uh probably be seeing this episode and event quest coming out soon um i've also opened up the discord to everybody uh just today um so i tweeted that out uh so yeah um come join us awkwardly talk about monster hunters sometimes and uh other things mostly magic the gathering always magic the gathering yeah, I do kind of get into magic with uh, with Morg and Naraki and everybody. <laughs> but that's, hey, that we have a podcast for that now, right? Maybe the discussion will move elsewhere. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, that's it for me, and I will see you guys on the next quest. And on that quest, where will you be, Haru? At uh, Akainstadgram on Twitter. Just mm-hmm. Magic the Gathering for Shuan. Just Magic, magic the Gathering. <laughs> Lies, all lies. I see nothing from Magic about. <laughs> You're still re- retweeting. I see it. Although, um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's. How do how do you feel opening up the Discord is gonna be? Cause uh, we got three new members today, and I'm already kind of like, uh oh, I don't know what to do. 
Although I'm really happy we got Dagger. Like, <laughs> I actually like Dagger. She's fun. I uh, played with her a couple times. I mean, you know, it's people on a Discord server. Usually people are pretty shy. It just as a default. Right. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um, we'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>